The Green Bay Packers did what seemingly every fan wanted them to do and fire Joe Barry. But how does the team feel? How do the players feel about all of these changes? Plus, the Super Bowl showed the Packers are closer to competing than we ever could have believed before this season. That, plus our Mock Draft Tuesday on today's show. You are locked on Packers. Daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. We know how fans feel about the removal of Joe Barry. And the ascension of Jeff Halfley was one that I think was greeted with a lot of, huhs? Who? And, and I include myself. I had a a vague awareness of who Jeff Halfley was. And I think the more I've dug into it, the more I think it's really exciting for fans. I think a lot of fans are really excited. And I think that excitement does trickle down to the players. But, but, a couple things that I want to point out here, and this was in um, our our piece that I wrote, or that is coming out, I don't know if it's going to be out today or tomorrow, for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. And I think we're going to put it out today so that everyone is getting it if you're a Leap subscriber at the same time as the Locked On Packers audience. But um, even sooner, depending on when you listen to your shows. A couple things that I think are important. Just because fans and media are excited about the changes, remember that the players... This is a coworker, a boss that they had an experience with every day. And in the media, we heard on the record from guys, essentially, we like Joe Barry more than you guys do. (laughs) And that is easy to say. It is. It's easy to say on the record in front of a microphone, you say the right things. We know what you're supposed to say. It's another thing, what you might say behind closed doors. What's interesting is from from what I've been told, sources who are close to the team, sources who know how the players are feeling, they, I think, at least some of them, reflected this public-facing approach. That they liked Joe Barry more than we did. That Joe Barry was not perceived as the problem, universally speaking, the way that he is by fans. And, okay, that's an important thing to note. 
That's reflected in some of the coaching changes as well. That there were there were coaches who were let go where players who were coached by those coaches were like, I really liked that coach. And I understand, look, there was I had a lot of fans when I put that that nugget out there, I had a lot of fans go, well, it's not working. So regardless of whether they like it or not, this new voice is going to be good. And that's that's maybe true, maybe not. Like we don't know if the new voice will be better than the old voice. But I think what's clear is the Packers wanted to move on. They wanted to take a different approach to this coaching staff than the last one. One other thing that is worth noting. One of the coaches who stayed was not, at least by a key player in his position room, viewed as the the nuanced technical coach that this particular player was looking for. That they wanted more in-game adjustments. Hey, this guy's doing this. How can I counter? Or whatever it was. Hey, they're chipping. What can we do to help? What do you suggest? Help me out. That was not necessarily the forte here. And so, is that going to become the forte? Is And this is the perception from this particular player. Is a new coach going to come in and, and provide that? All of that is TBD. But I think what we have to remember is just because from the outside you're going, hey, this is cool. I'm excited about these new coaches coming in. Jeff Halfley and um, you know Vince Ogobasi and, and all of these guys that are coming in. And the changes, you know, Jason Rebervich is staying after the work that he's done with Rashawn Gary and Kingsley and Igbari and Lucas Van Ness and the, and the fast rise that he's made up the ranks. And now Kirk Olivadati, he's gone. Um, and, you know, you he gets a job right away with the hot head coaching hire of the cycle. There, It's, it's interesting to me, um, the Andy Reid comparison, not that these guys were Andy Reid, but sometimes it takes a change. Now, that was also the case for Joe Barry. Joe Barry comes to Green Bay. Look at all this talent. He's never had this much talent. Nothing changed, right? But I think when you look at this from the outside, two things can be true at once. That change was needed. Guys like Jerry Montgomery and Kirk Olivadotti were relics of a previous administration. Two now. At least. Jerry Montgomery longer than that. So if you're going to make another change, it makes sense to say, look, Jeff, we're not going to do to you what we did to Joe Barry. We're going to let you have more ownership over your coaching staff and some of these other guys who didn't love what was going on anyway, potentially. That was another anecdote that I, I can't remember if I'd shared on Locked on Packers before, but there was a coach and the coach did not like the approach in the game, voiced that displeasure, And guess what? They were right. So, now they're not not in Green Bay anymore. How much of that is, okay, you you lose faith in the infrastructure. I can't speak to that. I don't have that part of it sourced, but 
it does sound like what the Packers said was, you guys are welcome to look for other jobs. I've mentioned this before. Um, and we're going to we're gonna fill those jobs. You're not fired. But we're going to hire someone to do your job. Go go get hired. And look, Jerry Montgomery did. Coco Olivadotti did. And I know Matt LaFleur has a ton of respect for those guys. The players in the locker room had a ton of respect for those guys. They did not see coaching to be the same sort of problem that we did, which those are related, right? If you don't see the coaching as the same sort of problem, then you're going to like those guys more than from the outside. And I just think one of the reasons why I'm I'm leading the show with this is because, first of all, we at The Leap have good reporting on it, but also because it's important that we remember that these are this is still a workplace this is it's the weirdest workplace it's not a it's not a one to one of any workplace that that any of us work in it's just so fundamentally different but this is still ultimately a job that relies on all of these interpersonal moments and i think sometimes it's too easy to forget that and i don't think we should and I understand how it happens where you go, it, it, I was having this conversation on Radio Row last week. It is so hard to hire because you have no idea what's happening from the outside. It's why there's so much cronyism in the NFL because there's so much unknown in hiring that you go, okay, well, I have this little bit of insight from this experience that I have with this person or they coached with my friend or my dad or whatever it is. And so that just gives you a little bit more certainty that you feel like you're getting the evaluation right when it's really hard to get these evaluations right. So there are a lot of factors at play in here. I guess the TLDR is it's complicated. But I also don't get the the perception that the incoming staff is going to be viewed negatively necessarily. It's more just that the players did not see the same sort of problem internally that we did. And again, I know there are a lot of fans going, sorry, it was a problem. And maybe that's true. I think there's a good chance that's probably true. Sometimes you're too close to it. You can't see the forest for the trees. You're going, hey, we got all these good players on the team. And so this is us. We got we to fix it. I think part of that is true. But the coaching was was clearly not doing everything it could to maximize what the Packers were getting. Speaking of the roster being really good, it turns out the roster is really pretty good. We're going to talk about the context here in just a second on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. What a game, or at least what a finish. Kind of boring for the first two and a half quarters. But as usual, commercials... Duncan stole the show. DoorDash went all out for game day. DoorDash, DoorDashed. They can use themselves as a verb, right? Stuff for all, from all the ads to one lucky winner. Cars, snacks, even tax software. And somehow they pulled it off. I'm a little bummed I didn't win, but you got to hand it to them. It was one heck of a delivery. DoorDash is your all-in-one app for your everyday needs from restaurants and groceries to flowers and gifts. So next time you're running low on dinner ideas or pet supplies, or just time, you can get so much more than you realized delivered with DoorDash. Football season may be over, but we're in the thick of basketball games. The school year, let's face it, winter. I can think of a million reasons why you might want to order DoorDash. Hop on the app and make your day a little bit 
easier. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to the DoorDash app to get everything you need delivered. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. The Green Bay Packers had their chance to win the Super Bowl. I think that that is a crazy thing to say. But it's true. And it's something that you never would have believed, never in a million years would have believed before the season, that at the end, and certainly not in October, that at the end of the year, you could reasonably say the Green Bay Packers in a, a very real universe in just like a mildly alternative universe from the one that we currently live in, the Green Bay Packers are Super Bowl champions because they were the only team this year to score more than 24 points on the Kansas City Chiefs. They outplayed the 49ers for 55 minutes and really play to play the whole game outplayed the 49ers who got incredibly lucky to beat both Green Bay and Detroit. And if you look at these teams moving forward, I think you can make the case that the Packers, you know, Patrick Mahomes changes the equation, but compared to the 49ers, who Trent Williams, 35 next season, George Kittle, 31, Debo Samuel's going to cost $28 million on the cap. You got to pay Brandon Ayuk. You got to figure out what you're going to do with Brock Purdy in a year. By the way, Brock Purdy did not have a passer rating over 90 in any of the playoff games in 2024. The flaws that the 49ers have, the Packers, at least at the most important position, quarterback, don't have. Jordan Love is someone who can manufacture offense in ways that Brock Purdy just can't. They don't have the Chiefs' offensive skill position problems. Now their defense isn't as good, but we'll see what Jeff Halfley can bring to bear here on this defense. What we found out, was they are so much closer to contending than we previously believed. And, you know, we've we've had versions of this discussion over the last two weeks because, three weeks really, since the, since the playoff game, since the Packers lost, I think the assumption was the 49ers were going to go to the Super Bowl and we didn't know what the Chiefs situation was. Like, I think if Baltimore had gone on and won, if Baltimore beats Kansas City... And then Baltimore beats down the 49ers like they did on Christmas. You go, okay, Ravens, best team. Packers were not in that mix. But that's not what happened. And we we see what a high-level quarterback can do in a big game like that. Jordan Love just not quite there. If he takes even a half step forward, He might not feel inevitable in the way that Patrick Mahomes does, but maybe this team overall is just better equipped to not have to rely on him to make every play in every moment, to not have to have 333 passing yards and lead lead your team in rushing in a very Aaron Rodgers circa 2011 performance. But to do that without 
Donald Driver and Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and, and Jermichael Finley and all those players. James Jones. The current state of the Packers is a team that can, right now, tomorrow, go out and compete with any team in the NFC. They beat the Detroit Lions in Detroit on a short week. With their season on the line, they played Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in a game that the Chiefs needed to win too because the AFC was a bloodbath in prime time Sunday night football. Jordan Love plays awesome. The defense plays just well enough in the red zone. They run the ball. They exert their will. And they beat the Chiefs. Christian Watson, it's a good reminder. Christian Watson in both of those games, the Lions and the Chiefs, a huge part of the win. A huge part of the win. What Green Bay is capable of right now, not, oh, with some incremental improvements. No, right now, this team today was capable of beating the Lions and the eventual Super Bowl champions and against the team that the Chiefs beat, a team that I think we could all agree was by roster more talented. The Packers really, play to play, outplayed that 49ers team. They did. Now, were they better in the aggregate over the course of the year? No, they weren't, but they, they outplayed that team. Some turnover luck. That went against them. A couple bad, really bad calls that go against them. Bad spots. Dropped interceptions. Balls that Brock Purdy throws right to Darnell Savage and Keyshawn Nixon. I mean right to them. If Darnell Savage catches that pass, the Packers are probably in the Super Bowl. I'll, I'll, I'll always believe that. But so that means... With the right additions, you got and you get a veteran safety. I think Tayshawn Gibson, by the way, San Francisco, that in that right, nice age range of like, he's an older player, had his breakout season with Jeff Halfley in Cleveland, but now has experience in his 49ers defense, but it's not going to cost a lot of money. Like if you're going to get an older player, they have to be cheap. And then they're going to draft a player or two, probably it gives you a nice buffer for if those rookies are not ready to step in right, right away and play, because they're going to take at least one, if not two safeties in this draft, maybe three. You get incremental improvement from Dontavian Wicks. Christian Watson figures out what's going on with his hamstrings and he's able to stay on the field. You you have whatever improvement Jeff Halfley brings you over Joe Barry. You, you just hope that that's worth like three to five ranking points on its own. Why is this team not in the Super Bowl next year? We're going to go, I'm just telling you right now. I'm just telling, I'm preparing you right now that we're going to go into next season and I am going to say the Packers are capable of winning the Super Bowl because it will be true. Not because I'm a homer, because again, I care more about being right than almost anything else. <laughs> I would rather at the end of the season go, see, I was right, than have picked the Packers in a year where I just wanted it to be true.
by the way, I said this team could win a playoff game and have 10 wins. They had nine wins and won a playoff game. I did not think last year they were capable, frankly, of getting to the heights that they they got to because I just I didn't think it was realistic for Jordan Love to already ascend to where he is currently standing in the hierarchy of the NFL to already be this good and he can get even better. I thought this version of Jordan Love was like the 2024 version. Well, if the 2023 version is already that good, then he can be MVP candidate Jordan Love. And by the way, him not getting in the Pro Bowl over Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts and and Geno Smith is a joke. Geno especially. A joke. A joke. And a bad one. A bad one. Now, I, you know, we, we frame this in another show that, you know, oh, they had their opportunity and they let it, you know, you can't assume you're going to keep getting these opportunities. And that's true. And, and I think that's important. It's why we pointed it out when we did. But I just, you have to be even more heartened at this moment that this Packers team, this without major tweaks, because they're not going to lose any player that the, all the all the guys, because AJ Dillon's a free agent, he's hurt in the 49er game. David Bakhtiari, probably going to get traded. He's out of the 49er game. So like, how many of the guys that are going out the door? John Rennie Jr. already getting rotated with John, with, with Sean Ryan. Devondre Campbell already having issues. Isaiah McDuffie's got to come in. It's It's a team that is going to, all of their major contributors are coming back and then you have the opportunity to get even better draft, free agency, and incrementally with your own development. We're, we're going to spend all offseason talking about how exciting it is that this team right now is good enough to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to say it again. This team right now is good enough to win the Super Bowl and guess what? When week one comes around, assuming health, there's a really good chance they're going to be even better. How can they do that? Well, let's talk about it. We got a mock draft Tuesday coming up in just a second on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Speaking of the Bucks, look like a different team. They got the all-star break coming. This is this is gonna be a fun finish for the Milwaukee Bucks, if that is in fact a thing that you care about. And if not, plenty of basketball. Plenty of basketball out there. Baseball is going to be here before you know it. Bet on all your favorite NBA players. Quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive promos, hockey too. Maybe you're into hockey. Great. They got all the good stuff in hockey too. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7. Covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On. Plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. 
a couple weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago, I did a um, eat your vegetables mock. Like I wanted to figure out, okay, what could be the least sexy mock that would still be really good for Green Bay? That's not what this is. But I thought, okay, they're probably not going to take a receiver in the first. I'm going to continue to look at corner in the first round, but I think especially early on and right now, while the boards are still getting ironed out, we're still trying to figure out who goes where, uh, who's going to run what times, the combine, the pro days, all that stuff. We don't have a really good idea of how this board is going to shake out. So I don't want to get locked into, okay, this guy in this spot, this guy in this spot, this guy in this spot. So for the next couple of weeks, at least through the combine, but I'm thinking for the next month, I'm going to try and do almost exclusively new players, even if it's not new positions necessarily, just because, first of all, I want to talk about more of these guys. But second of all, um, I think the, the, the more permutations you put together, the more it's good to find, okay, well, there's value here. There's actually players at this position that would be good in this spot. So let's start um, at 25. Depending on how the Packers feel about their future with Rasheed Walker, there are some offensive tackles that I think are going to be available at 25 that could interest Green Bay. Jordan Morgan from Arizona is one of them. Now, are they going to take a guy who could potentially play guard now but transition to tackle? They might. Or if they really like someone and maybe they start to fall, you trade up to get a tackle that you really like. I've heard that there are some in this draft, probably higher up the board, that they are really interested in. They have the draft capital. If they want to move up, they can do that. But Rasheed Walker was was good, especially over the second half of the season. And he has a nasty, an attitude that I think is important for this team. And so I don't necessarily want to lose that. But at the same time, if you think you have an opportunity to get a, a, a player with pedigree, with the athletic tools that you like, maybe you take a shot at. So Jordan Morgan here, tackle Arizona. At 41, Chris Jenkins, defensive lineman, Michigan. He is size, 6'3", 300 plus, but not 340, can move. He has got the bloodlines, son of a former NFL player. Played at a major, major blue blood national champion level program. And is being coached. Defensive coordinator Jesse Minter now is going to be in the NFL. And so, you know, these guys generally are ready to go. This is, he is the kind of player who can come in and just be ready to go. Now, is it a little bit of a luxury pick? Yes, but. One of the reasons I made the pick was to talk about it through this lens. They still could use some beef inside. TJ Slayton is a big, big dude. Kenny Clark is a big, big dude. Devontae Wyatt, more of a penetrator. Carl Brooks, more of a penetrator. Kobe Wooden, more of a penetrator. It'd be nice to have another body who can eat up some defensive linemen, but also get into the backfield. That's something that Chris Jenkins can do at 57. And, and... I think the second round is where you start to see the value of safety. I've watched all these guys, whether it's Cam Kitchens, whether it's Tyler Newbin, who I, that's who I picked at 57 here, the safety from Minnesota. 
you know, if he runs well, maybe he goes higher. I think he was originally being projected higher. I think this is exactly where he belongs. Mid to late second round. I don't see a special talent, but the ball production is there. Made some clutch plays on the ball, interceptions, late in games for the Gophers. And you just like the ability to affect the ball. Defensive backs who can't affect the ball, who don't make plays on the ball consistently, even if you're a sticky cover corner, for example, like there's just a, a limit to your ceiling. And if you're a safety, you have to be able to play top down and tackle the run game for sure. But you need to be able to affect the ball, to be, to be a meaningful player, to be worth a top 100 pick. If you can't affect the ball, if all you are is a, a run defending tackler, there's just not a lot of value there. And I think Tyler Newman is the kind of guy who can give you real value. At 88, Trey Benson, the running back from Florida State. A bigger back, talking about 200 plus pounds. Someone who has chunk run ability. He would be a complimentary piece to Aaron Jones, but there's enough similarities there that I think you can you, can, you don't have to change your running back. Like when A.J. Dillon was in there for Aaron Jones, there are certain zone runs that you just can't you can't run outside zone with AJ Dillon and expect it to be half as good as it is with Aaron with Aaron Jones. You can't run some of those pin pull um, plays with AJ Dillon because he can't get to the corner and get downhill explosively like Aaron Jones can. And it's nice to have complementary skill sets, but guess what else is nice? Chunk runs, guys who can create explosives. And I think Trey Benson is one of those guys that you're getting a, a different body type. But you're you're getting some of the same traits. I think you can place more similar than you can with AJ Dillon. I don't want to get, I don't want to draft a running back where you have to just you have to be able to call different runs where you have to be able, you have to only run gap and power because unless it's inside zone, you're not going to have the same explosiveness and you just can't call it. Well, that's not that's not really what you want. Last year, ninety one, Renardo Green. The corner from Florida State. Now, a little skinny, but has the has the height. You like the pedigree at the program. I think the Packers can wait on corner. With Ja, with Valentine and Stokes, you don't have to have to prioritize it in the first round unless you think Stokes is just cooked. Like you have two starting corners. It'd be nice to get a nickel. If you can find a nickel, Ennis Rakestraw is going to continue to be absolute top of the list with Nate Wiggins in terms of guys who you go, okay, well, they can play in the slot right now and then eventually play outside corner or play outside corner right away and play in the slot and nickel. Look at Trent McDuffie in the Super Bowl. How incredibly impactful he was. And he didn't start off playing at an all-pro level, but but now he is. That's a huge, it's a hugely important position. If you can't find that guy, you need to find some depth. And then now we get into the round three territory. There's some really nice guys in round three. That's where you start to have conversations about Kalen King and, and guys like Renardo Green. And that's that's where I think there's going to be a lot of value. If you can't get one of those top guys, the, the Cooper DeGene's, the Nate Wiggins, the, the Ennis Rakestraw Juniors. I don't love the second round spots, but then in the third round, that's when it start, that that's when you start to find that value again. And I think that that is a good place for the Packers to see if they can extract some value. All right, back tomorrow. 
Much more here as we soldier through the offseason combine. Not quite here yet. We're still, you know, a little bit, a little bit out from that one. So we're we're trying to fill time here, but a lot of stuff. More what's next. That great Jordan Love series yesterday when we got to talk to Jordan. Um, and, and so more of those coming as well over the course of the next couple months. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Follow the podcast on Instagram, Locked on Packers. Follow the podcast on Facebook, on TikTok. Getting those clips out there, having a lot of fun on the socials. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on our YouTube, all of our episodes. If you're not watching us on YouTube, all of our episodes are on YouTube. Go subscribe so you can stay Locked on Packers.